Well, hi everyone. Uh, hope you're good. Can't see you. Hope you can see me. Hope you're well. Uh, we're jumping back into our One Another series. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you found it helpful and encouraging. We've looked at all sorts of different aspects. Looks at, looked at some do's, do encourage, do love, do confess, do forgive. Today, I guess, is one of the don'ts. Along with don't slander, don't gossip, don't judge. We're looking at let's not be a people that envy one another. So let's not envy each other. If you have a Bible, turn to Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to start from verse 16. This is Paul writing. He said, So I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what's contrary to the flesh. They are in direct conflict with each other, so, so that you do not know what whatever you want. So you do not do whatever you want, basically. If you are led by the Spirit, you are no longer under the law. I always find that bit a bit tongue-tie. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Immorality, impurity, debauchery. Here's quite a list, guys. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. Man, could you think of anything else? And alike, I warn you, as I did before, those that live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This is the verse. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Now, we know that there are two natures at play, the flesh and the spirit. And for us, those, you, me, we, born again by Jesus, the finished work of Jesus at the cross, born again by the spirit, we have died to the things of the flesh. We have put to death the flesh. And we're encouraged to pick up this brand new life, this new life in Jesus. And not just pick it up, live it out. Like walk in step with the Spirit. Walk in the power of God, with the power of God at work within our lives. And the weight of the New Testament's encouragement towards this is take off, put down, put to death, crucify the old harmful you. So this is the journey we're going to go on this morning. We're going to look at the problem which is envy, we're going to look at what is our responsibility within this. And then the antidote, like, what's the answer? So let's jump, like, let's look at the problem at hand. Verse 26, Galatians 5 says, let's not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Find life, friends, family, let us not be those people that envy, provoke each other and envy each other. The dictionary dictionary definition of envy is this, that we would have a desire to have the quality, possession, or another desirable thing that belongs to someone else. Pretty straightforward. Do you know, envy is something that affects all of us. We can have this broad brush stroke and it affects everyone in the world, but let's drill it down closer. It affects me and it affects you. Maybe it's something you struggle with right now. Maybe it's something you've struggled with massively in the past. I know I have, if I'm honest. And we're all affected by it, aren't we? Have more, be more. Actually, 
have theirs. Be like them. Want what they have. You know, everything around us shouts bigger, better, faster, more. Don't be content with the you that you are. Have what they have. Look at the commercials. Look at social media. Look at the old game shows. You remember Bullseye? This is what you could have won. They roll out this massive yacht and say, sorry. And, and so if it's at that level or just looking at what your neighbors have, looking at, one and at what one another has within the church or the, the, how someone is or who they are, we, we desire. There's this longing that goes on. We're not content. We have a twisted and warped view don't we, on what happiness and success looks like. I know I have at part in the past, and actually, even yesterday, our neighbour, one of our neighbours, two houses down, they're just revenerating, uh, re doing their house up. That's what they're doing. And they have gutted the whole thing, and they've spent thousands on it. And, and I just got into a conversation with a guy, and he said, come and have a look. And friends... I am talking like I coveted all around this house. I, he, he was walked me around room by room and they've got a swimming pool in the back garden, built-in swimming pool. They've got jacuzzi, hot tub, steam room, games room, TV room, cinema. They've got a full working bar with beer pumps. And you know when you look on and you're like, man, I'm so pleased for you. <laughs> I was looking at this house thinking, man, I envy every breathing inch of this house right now but it's a twisted and warped view of what happiness really is and what success is man we're here and we're gone in a moment we brought nothing into the world and we take nothing out of the world envy tends to kick in when we truly believe that a i'm not enough and i don't have enough and it kicks in this insatiable desire for more i want more I want to be more. I want more stuff because it will prove who I am. It will give me happiness. It will give me success, whatever that might be. Do you know, I've, I've been a follower of Jesus now for nearly 20 years. And across those two decades almost, I've been privileged to be part of two brilliant church communities down south in Hastings and now here with you brilliant people in Vine Life. And do you know what? If I'm honest, <clears throat> envy is always at play within the church. Whether it's someone's gifting, <clears throat> someone's success, someone's personality, um, someone's talents, someone's skills, someone's recognition, someone's opportunity, someone's looks, much like myself, we can tend to envy, right? We look in and we say, man, I wish I was like them. I wish I could do what they do. I wish I could be who they are. I'm not saying this is right. I'm just saying it's been at play in my own life. How about you? I heard someone say not long ago that the danger for all of us is that we base our lives on effectively someone else's highlight reel. And that's what social media presents to us, doesn't it? That we, no one puts their rubbish days on social media, or some people might, but it's like smashing it, smashing it at life. Look at me now, down the gym, wherever it is. We do that. And we go, man, I wish I was like that. But we base our lives on someone else's highlight reel. And we say, that's what I want. That's what real success looks like. Like my neighbor's house. 
I base my life on, on their highlight reel. You know, envy unchecked, undealt with, will lead to problems. It will break down friendships. It will lead to breakdown in connections with people, uh, with marriages, with friendship groups, as I've said, maybe workplaces. It will, it will, it will ruin dreams and hopes and desires. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 14.30. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Man, that's powerful, right? Envy rots us on the inside out. And given space, it leads to something far more sinister. It goes deeper. This is almost where I'd love John to play some like sinister dun 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 like music. Because where it leads to is actually having an, just a terrible heart towards someone else. Envy, it's not just you want something from someone, but you begin to get bitter towards that person. You begin to desire wrong things happening to them. This is the biblical definition of this word envying in Galatians 5 here. It means becoming bitter or sour because of another person's success. And it also says this, the miserable trait of being glad when someone experiences misfortune and pain. <laughs> it's awful, but I know I've had that. Like you look on at someone's life and they're smashing it in life. They're doing amazing. But then something happens and you, inside you're like, oh, good. And you're like, that's horrible. Oh, Jesus, help my heart. <laughs> but that's, that's what goes on. That's what envy does. That's so linked to jealousy. Do you know the word jealousy, the actual definition of jealousy means to bubble or to seethe inside. You get so impassioned, so fueled up that you begin to bubble and seethe inside. So envy is like, I want that and I want what you have. But jealousy says, and I want it to go badly for you. You know, James 3.14 says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it. Don't deny the truth. This kind of wisdom doesn't come from heaven. It's earthly, unspiritual, and it's demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. So friends, envy is destructive. So what is on us to do? What's our responsibility? It says here to crucify the flesh. Verse 24, if we belong to Jesus, we are to crucify the flesh. The unhelpful, the the destructive, the painful ways, the old you, we're to kill it. Now, let me be clear, not physically. It's talking about those, those negative and harmful and uh, um, selfish thought patterns and behavior traits. We're to take them off, but we're to put something else on in its place. Colossians 3, 5 says this, Put to death, therefore, things that belong to your earthly nature, Ephesians 4.22 talks about putting off your old self. Put to death and put off. And the Bible's clear. Those selfish, destructive, harmful ways kill them. Crucify them. But instead, pick up a brand new way, a brand new life. And it says here in Colossians 3.12 to 14, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, put on. Clothe yourselves with these garments, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. It goes on and it says, 
And above all these things and around all these things, put on love, which holds everything together. Friends, we get to choose what garments we wear, what character Christ-like clothes we get to wear every single day. No one else chooses, you choose, I choose. <clears throat> and it's a daily decision. Oh gosh, it's probably a moment by moment, a second by second decision at times. It's really when envy strikes, when, 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 the pervert, when poop hits the fan, <laughs> That's when we need to decide. We have one of two choices. We have one of two garments to put on. Bitterness or kindness. Resentment or gentleness. Envy or celebration. You know, you and I, we get to celebrate one another. And I know that's countercultural. That's, that's totally opposite than how we feel at times, but we get to do it. We are so blessed. You are so blessed if you're in Jesus. And we get to celebrate the good, the success, the, the brilliance of another person. This is where I want to now focus my attention on the most wonderful, the incredible, the marvelous Jurgen Klopp, who is quite literally the manager of the best football team on the planet. For you Man United fans and you City fans listening in, you can't get me right now. The proof is in the pudding, right? But he was asked, what, what, how do you survive in a cutthroat environment? How, 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 do you, how do you maintain yourself in this kind of environment? And he said this, he said, first of all, I love football. But he said, he has learned to celebrate other people's success. So your Guardiolas, when they're smashing it, he's like, I'm learning to celebrate how amazing that football team is. But I love that phrase, how do we learn to celebrate another person's success. Because we get to do this. We get to have that same heart because Jesus is in us. How do we celebrate one another? How do we celebrate the brilliance on one another's lives? How do we elevate one another? Rather than trying to kind of muscle in or, 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 or say, pick me, pick me, and get all hurt and bitter and twisted and sour. How do we learn to just say, man, I see what's on your life. I see how absolutely incredible you are that, and I'm going to celebrate I'm going to celebrate you. This is, leads me to the last thing I want to say, the antidote. And it's really this, that we need to get the heart right. We can't just try harder. We need to get the heart right. It starts within. It starts in the inner place, in the inner you. And the definition of antidote is this, a drug or remedy given to counteract the effects of another drug or poison. <laughs> Basically, something that works against something else to make it better. Jesus said this, thinking about the heart. He says it in Matthew, but in Mark as well, he says in, Math in, in Mark 7, he talks about the heart, effectively saying, actually, it's what's in the heart that changes a person, that defines a person. He says what comes out of a person's heart is what defiles them. For from within, out of a person's heart come evil thoughts, Immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, and we can go on. All these evils come out from inside a person. You see, God, as we know, friends, is working on the heart. It's an inside job. He doesn't look at the external. He looks at the inner you, the real you. What's going on in your heart? You, you know, 
let me just say this. It is no good just trying harder. How does that work for you? It doesn't work for me. This, this stoic, try harder Christianity. It works for a time, but it's like a band-aid. Everything flows from the heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart because out of that place flows life, effectively. From that place flows the real you. And the reason why you and I struggle with envy and all sorts of other things is because we let other things flow into our heart like toxic poison and we store it up in our hearts and it's that that flows out. That that flows out. And the idea, it's a no-brainer, guys, is that we fill our hearts so full of Jesus that however we're squeezed, whatever pressure Whatever hurt, whatever confusion, whatever envy is there, man, Jesus comes out. The heart of Jesus comes out. That's how we can celebrate. His love, his life, his nature, his ways, his power, his grace, his celebration of other people just pours out. And the beautiful thing is, as we get so full of Jesus, that's where we learn true and lasting contentment because contentment and envy cannot coexist they just don't coexist you know 1 timothy 6 6 says godliness with contentment is actually great gain it's to your advantage friend godliness with contentment is going to do you good it's going to do me good <clears throat> the definition of contentment is to be fully satisfied and the biblical definition of this word contentment is to mean that you, are, you have the indwelling presence and power of Jesus and that is enough, effectively, because of his power, that satisfaction. It actually means fullness, the fullness of God within. Of course, I'm satisfied. What else do I need? I don't need your stuff. I don't need who you are because I have everything I need in Christ. That's why Paul elsewhere in Philippians, is able to say, man, whether I abound in much or have little, I have learned how to be content through all seasons of life. He held things so lightly because he was so filled with Jesus. Jesus was everything to him. So I want to ask you the question, just as we come in to pray, what about you? Are you filled with Jesus is your heart full of his love, his presence, his power, his mercy, his peace? Are you filled with Jesus? Friend, I want to encourage you, just fill your heart with Jesus. That's the antidote. That's how you're going to get your heart well and right. Because quite literally, we've been given everything. Ephesians 1 says we've received every spiritual blessing in Jesus. It says we have obtained an inheritance. In Galatians and Romans, it says we're now co-heirs with Jesus. What else do we need, man? We have everything we need. Friends, when we get a big vision of who he is, and through that we begin to see who we are in him, man, that's going to fight against any little bit of envy and discouragement and pain we're going to experience here. Get a big vision of Jesus. Through that, see who we truly are. And we begin to see that envy is actually ridiculous. Ecclesiastes 4.4 actually says it's like chasing the wind. <laughs> what is the point of that? You'll never win. 
It's like chasing the wind. So let's get our hearts so full of Jesus. See how amazing he is. See how he feels about you. And then we get to celebrate and encourage each other. Friends, let us not envy one another. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy and your peace and your love that rules in our hearts. And I want to just ask you, Father, if there is envy in our hearts, I pray that we, something we have heard this morning as an antidote to say, Jesus, I need you to come and saturate my heart. I need you to come and just flood my heart again. I pray, Jesus, you would be the antidote to our envy, that our hearts would be so filled with you that we wouldn't look at someone else and say, man, I want to be you, or I want what you have, but instead would say, man, I think you're amazing, and I'm going to push you forward into everything God has for you, and I'm going to be content with what I have. So I pray that that would be at play within this wonderful community. No envy, God, that we would take our own responsibility to grow in love. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Let me ask you this question just as we close. Is there envy at play in your life right now that you know Holy Spirit has just put his finger on something? I want to encourage you, do business with God. Do business with maybe one of your friends and say, would you stand with me? Help me walk away from this. Help encourage me. We have a group of people that would be willing and ready to pray for you at the end as well. If you just want to kind of own it and say, yeah, that's me. Someone will stand with you and kind of just remind you and point you towards Jesus. And you can kind of leave those unhelpful bags. So if you'd like prayer for anything, you can jump onto the the, the Zoom prayer uh, space just, just as we close. There's a team ready and, and, and willing to pray for you. But I just want to say, hey, don't, don't just live in it. Do business. Get it sorted. Take it to Jesus. Leave it there and learn to celebrate the success of others. Friends, thank you so much for listening. I pray you have a brilliant rest of Sunday. Look forward to seeing you soon.